Now, don't y'all like to be around people who encourage you? That's just sunshine wherever you go, you know. And we're living in a world now that needs some encouragement. Could y'all use a little encouragement today? My name is Sandra Hancock, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in to our broadcast. Now, this message today was actually filmed in Harrisville, Mississippi, at New Covenant Church, and we had a mighty move of God. Be blessed by this message. We will stand and rejoice as one people lift in one voice. You're worthy of glory, worthy of honor, you're worthy of praise. We will shout and proclaim the greatness of your holy name. You're worthy of glory. You're worthy of honor. You're worthy of praise. Come on this morning, say you are. The title of the message today is Encouraged to Succeed. Now, when I was praying about the message and who I needed to minister on for this Pastor's Appreciation Day, the Lord gave me Barnabas because I believe Barnabas had more of a pastoral heart. So we're going to get started in a few scriptures because we're going to learn some valuable lessons from him and how we can apply it to our life, because God has a purpose and a plan for all of us, and he wants us to succeed, and uh, the enemy wants to destroy you, and some of you have been through one attack after another and after another, but right now, you're in the middle of your miracle, so now's not the time to give up or de- be discouraged. Just know God's got something better for you. Amen? Amen. Let's go ahead and get started with one scripture, Acts 11. 23 through 24. When he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all that were with purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a great many people were added to the Lord. Father, I thank you so much for this day. Lord, I thank you for your presence. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we just thank you that the glory of the Lord is in this house, and it's going to be a day of miracles, signs, and wonders for you to get the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Well, Barnabas, actually, this was not his birth name. His name, some commentaries say he was Joseph, some say Jose. But the apostles gave him this name because he was an encourager. 
Now, don't y'all like to be around people who encourage you? That's just sunshine wherever you go, you know, and we're living in a world now that needs some encouragement. Could y'all use a little encouragement today? Well, praise God, a few of you do. <laughs> I'll just encourage myself as I preach today, but seriously, we live in a world today that is looking for hope. And some of you watching by television, you may feel like you're at the end of your rope, but I say, hang on, you got hope in Jesus. He's still a miracle-working, supernatural God of now, and he hasn't forgotten any of you. But we all need encouragement. And the way we're going to win people in these last days is the love of Jesus. You know, I heard a, uh, an evangelist the other day that loves to get out on the streets and minister, and he made the statement of, I love to offend people. I just had to bite my tongue. Y'all ever have to just bite your tongue sometimes? And he said, you know, Jesus didn't have a problem offending people. I thought, the religious people, but the sinners, he showed love. <laughs> and I believe we got to show love to this hurting world because so many people are going through so many hard times right now. And sometimes they don't need a sermon. They just need a hug. People that's doing wrong, they know they're doing wrong, but they want to know that somebody loves them. And this church has love. You know, we've always heard that the anointing flows from the head down, and it does, but the love does also. And I can tell the love of this pastor in this church because it flows down through you, and you can feel the love. Y'all have always made us feel so loved. And when the love of Jesus is in the house, there's such a peace. So Barnabas was an encourager. He was more of a pastor. Now, I have not been pastorized. I admire you pastors. My counseling skills are admit it, quit it, forget it. I told you what to do, now let's just do it. <laughs> but I admire pastors and and taking care, I am, I'm sure there has been so many times that you tried to get away on vacation and had to come home because somebody passed away or someone got sick. And a lot of people will say, well, all they do is get up there and preach for 30 minutes. You don't understand, even to prepare a message, a third, I would say at minimum eight hours. By the time you seek God and you get in his will and you study, you don't get up here and just speak. If you did, you would know it. <laughs> you do all you know to do and then you let the Lord move. But how many times do they give of their time that they have to? It's 24 hours a day. And we just honor all of you that give your life to the Lord, you, you pastors and you ministers. But the next thing about Barnabas, he was a risk taker. How many of you know we all got to be risk takers, but especially anybody in ministry? So let's read this scripture here. Acts 9, 26 through 28. And when Saul had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and he declared to them how he had seen the Lord on the road, and he had spoken to him, and how he preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. So he was with them at Jerusalem, coming in and going out. Well, you got this man that was killing Christians, Saul, who all of a sudden wants to be 
a part of the disciples, can you blame them for being afraid? I mean, he was on his road to Damascus and had that Damascus road experience where he was blinded, where God changed his life. And all of a sudden he came from a persecutor of Christians to a persecutor of Satan. He had a Damascus road experience. Have y'all ever had that where the Lord just said in your life, hey, look here. What are you doing? What are you doing with your life? A big look here where you were blinded to things of this world, but then all of a sudden the light of the love of Jesus shone on you and say, I've got better plans for you. I've got great plans for you. It's not over. So the disciples were afraid of Saul, who was now Paul. But good old Barnabas, the good old pastor, he said, let's give him a chance. I believe in him. I saw he had a change in his life. I saw how he is speaking Jesus. And I tell you, every good pastor has to look at all of us and take a risk. <laughs> because we're all a bunch of misfits, aren't we? I told somebody one day, I said, if you can admit you're unqualified, congratulations, God can use you. And in these last days, he is not looking for superstars. There's enough of them out there. He's looking for servants of God that are willing to pay the price to say, God, whatever you ask me to do, whatever you want me to do, let me humble myself before you and do what you call me to do. And take a risk. Take a risk. I tell you, it takes a risk as a pastor to welcome the Holy Spirit. With all the giftings, we're living in a time now where people are just whatever it takes to draw a crowd. Thank God for a pastor that will welcome the Holy Spirit. Thank God for a pastor that will welcome all the spiritual gifts. I don't understand places that says welcome Holy Spirit, but not your gifts. Leave them at home. We need the gifts more than ever before in the body of Christ. And we need them moving. And do you know what's going to bring people to Jesus? It's the presence of the Lord. It's not the shows. It's not this or that. People can come all day long, but you got to make disciples out of them. You got to see a change in their life. And the only way they're going to be changed is by the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Me, without the anointing of the Holy Ghost, I'm just a motivational speaker. And I might encourage you for a few minutes, but it wouldn't change your life. But I can tell you one that can change your life forever, and that is Jesus Christ. Amen. To preach that people need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Because that's what gives you power and authority. And if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, this is your day. Some of you, if it's been 20 years, it's way too long. You need to be ever filled with the Spirit because we are fighting battles every day because the longer we live, the enemy is getting more upset with Christians that are on fire for Jesus. And if he can't take you out, he'll try to wear you out. If it's not family's problems, it's financial problems, it's sickness, it's something going on in your life. But we win. Because we take authority over the enemy. Your pastor took a risk by putting me in the pulpit. <laughs> you know, I just love the way the Lord is connecting kingdom builders in these last days. Kim watches our show, 
And she just showed up at one of our conferences in Laurel one day and brought Becky, I think, was with her the first time. And that door opened up for me to come minister here. And then I didn't know that Kayla led worship. And Kayla, when we first got started 15 years or so, 16 years ago in the ministry, she and her family would minister some at some of our conferences. And look what God has done. I mean, really. But uh, to see how God is just reconnecting, and I don't believe it's just by happenstance. I believe it's for kingdom building. I believe it's for a great and mighty revival. And I love the way he puts divine, divine connections in our lives. And some of you need to be some risk takers too. Because God is telling some of you to do something, and you have argued and argued with him. Lord, I'm not qualified. I can't pray for that person. I can't lead people to Jesus. What if they think I'm crazy? Well, guess what? If they ever figure out you're crazy, or you figure out you're crazy, it doesn't matter. You're here to please God and not man anyway. But some of you know exactly what God has called you to do, but you spend your time arguing. And fear will keep you in your comfort zone. But God can make your comfort zone very uncomfortable when he's ready for you to do something. Somebody somewhere is waiting on you to do what God is asking you to do. And the hardest step to take is that first step. But he'll be with you every step of the way. So he was a risk taker. Barnabas was humble. He was an humble man. Because see, as the ministry started to grow, Paul started getting all the attention. It was all about Paul. Did you hear what Paul did? Paul did this, Paul did that. Then he didn't hear about Barnabas anymore. He could have been very jealous, but he put him out front because it was more important for kingdom building than for himself. That's what a good leader does. They see talent and they see giftings in other people and they take them out, even with them fussing and fighting all the way <laughs> and dragging them out. But he was humble. And for God to use all of us, we got to keep an humble heart. I know this pastor and his wife, brother and sister Yarbrough, are so humble. Because when I first came here, I really didn't even know they were the pastors here. They didn't come up and say, well, I'm pastor so-and-so. Call me this and call me that. Hey, I have been in places before. And I didn't know if I was worshiping Jesus or worshiping the pastor. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. And if you called them the wrong title, you wouldn't dare call them brother or sister. They would reprimand you. But we got to keep our hearts humble. But Barnabas was humble. Barnabas was patient. Now, I'm working on that. <laughs> He was patient because remember when John Mark joined and he was ministering with them and then the good old, he left them and the good old pastor Barnabas said, let's bring him all back. He'll be okay. And the evangelist Paul said, no, we're not bringing him back. And it caused such a rift 
that they split. But you know what? The gospel went forth. The gospel went forth. We've got to be patient. Anyway, do y'all like to wait on anything very much? We're in a fast food. I like to go to Berry's and eat that buffet. <laughs> it's quick and easy. <laughs> you know, I, I'm always talking about uh, buffets and how we all in Mississippi love buffets, but it seems like when we come to Jesus, we want to settle for a happy meal. Just enough of Jesus to go to heaven, but not enough of Jesus to live in victory. But today he's got a spiritual buffet lined out for us right here. And he's saying, come dine. Why are you walking around depressed? Why are you walking around discouraged? All you got to do is be filled with my spirit. But waiting. We don't like to wait. We, we can sing those songs. We don't mind waiting, but we do mind waiting. We want everything quick. We want everything easy. But our God is an on-time God. And it's not always on our timetable. And some of you have been waiting patiently, and you think God has forgotten you. Have you ever got to the point where you say, God, where are you? Lord, I need a miracle, and I need a miracle now. The doctors say there's nothing they can do for me. Lord, do you know where I am? I've always been faithful. I've always been obedient. Jesus, where are you? Have you ever come to that point in your life? He hasn't forgotten you. He'll work his miracle in his timing. But your, your job is to have faith and to believe and don't give up. Because we're in this to win it. We're going to win anyway, one way or the other, because well, we belong to Jesus. It's a win-win situation. And I've had so many people that will, will tell me, you know, well, have y'all ever tried to pray for somebody that... Uh, they needed healing in their body, but I would try to pray for them, and they would say things like, well, if this is the way the Lord's going to take me out, that's okay with me. I'm like, okay, I don't think this prayer's going very far today. <laughs> because, see, Jesus is going to take us out when he wants to, but as long as we're alive and breathing, we need to have faith to believe that he is who we say he is, that he is the healer, he is the miracle worker, and be faithful and obey and believe while we're waiting on that miracle to come to pass. Your back still may hurt, but you walk by faith and you're not by sight. And you keep claiming the word and you keep believing the word and you keep standing on the word. But what happens is so many times the Lord does a miracle in our lives and we receive that healing, but then we tell everybody how bad we feel. Life and death is in the power of the tongue, and the first people we come to, y'all won't believe. Every time the flu comes around, I catch it. My old back's been hurting me. I have arthritis. By the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. <laughs> and we bring curses on our own self sometimes, don't we? The Lord is our shepherd. And pastors are called to be shepherds. That's a major responsibility. A major. Because we're supposed to be the sheep. They follow Jesus. They lead. But unfortunately, there's a few goats. Now, we know they're not here today. Aren't y'all glad y'all came today? But 
It's like I put on Facebook, I said, a goat is not greatest of all time in the Bible. That's not a compliment. (laughs) Now, some people may think they're the greatest of all time, but they need to be, that spirit of pride needs to go. The last thing is Barnabas was free of materialism. Let's read one more scripture. Acts 4, 34 through 37. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked. For all who were possessors of land or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet and they distributed to each as anyone had need. And Jose, who was also named Barnabas, by the, by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. In the early church, there was no lack because they all helped each other out. And I know this church helps people out. There's always someone that we can help when we ask the Lord to put people in our path. Always people hurting, always people going through things. And you may not have finances to help people, but you can do something to encourage them. We all get so busy in our own little world, but there are people that need encouragement. There's people that need help. And we as a church have got to help those people and bring the love of Jesus to those people. God has a purpose and a plan. And so many people will say, well, I don't understand my purpose. I've, I've lived all this time. I don't want to ask you, what have you been through that brought pain in your life? What have you been through that God actually brought you through? What is your testimony? See, your testimony is the greatest gift that you can give to other people. Because people are so discouraged, but when they know that if God brought you through that, he'll do it for me. If God healed you of that, he'll do that for me. But what has pained you in your life can become your purpose. And until you find out what your purpose is, just serve. We need more servants in the body of Christ. And that's what I love about this church. I see everybody just going around in different directions and making sure everything is done. When you come together in one mind and one accord. I'm believing today we're going to see some mighty miracles. Several of you have told me of praise reports. Every time, I know the last uh, meeting that I had, the last revival, the very first person that came up for prayer was healed. So that just hit the whole atmosphere of expectation. But I really believe in this room today, there are some of you that are bound by so much fear and anxiety that it's led to depression. And that's something that we don't like to talk about too much in the body of Christ because we're always, it's almost like it's, Pastor, we don't want people to know that we're going through anything. But thank God you have friends that will be there for you. You need to have you some praying friends that will lift you up when you're going through the storms of life. You don't need to be hanging with those who's putting you in the grave early. Well, I believe in Jesus, but... We all know where they, after a while, they all come out of the woodwork. We know my aunt had that. She lasted three months. 
You need to be hanging with faith-filled Christians in a faith-filled church like this will believe and have faith with you. Because there comes a time in your life maybe that you couldn't pray for yourself. Have you ever been just so physically ill in your body that you just didn't feel like praying? That's when you got to have friends lifting you up and saying, I'm there. I'm speaking life into you. You will not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. But some of you are facing so much anxiety and depression, and you're facing it along. You don't sleep well at night, and you don't want to tell anybody about it. You felt like you've had a heart attack, but really what it is, it's a full-blown anxiety attack. This is your day. That's a tormenting spirit that needs to go. We're going to believe that's going to be gone. Some of you need physical healing in your body. Some of you got soul wounds that need to be healed. But I'm believing that this day is going to be your day. I pray this message blessed you and that you are increasing your faith that whatever you need from the Lord, you're going to receive it today. If you're watching this program and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, that's the most important decision you'll ever make. Some of you may know religion, but you don't know Jesus. And if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, just repeat this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross just for me, and you rose again on the third day. Come into my heart and come into my life, and from this day forth, I'm going to live for you. If you prayed that prayer, congratulations, find you a good Bible-believing church, and grow to be more like Jesus. If you're watching this program today, and you need prayer, special prayer. Maybe you've got a sickness. Maybe you've got an addiction or a bondage. Maybe you're just facing some depression or anxiety. We do have a 1-800 number. Call that number. Be sure to leave a message and we'll return your call and we will pray for you. Now, I can't go off the air without thanking our partners. We sincerely love and appreciate you, and we pray for you every day. And if this ministry blesses you, we could use your help. Television's expensive, and to maintain this channel, we're going to have to have some extra money. So if the Lord's speaking to you, any amount would be appreciated. Now, send us praise reports. I love to see what God is doing in your life. Now, next week, we're going to have a brand new show, a brand new message. But until then, this is Sandra Hancock with Voice of Hope. And remember, your hope is in Jesus. Sandra Hancock, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in to our broadcast. Many of you that are watching this broadcast, you feel like you're at the end of your rope. 
You've got some impossible situations, but I got some good news. You have hope in Jesus because we still serve a supernatural miracle working God of now. I also would like to invite you to come out and join us in one of our powerful conferences in a city near you. It would make our day to have you as our guest. If you think our broadcast is powerful, wait and come and experience the presence of the Lord. You'll love it. Also, I want to thank our partners. We sincerely love and appreciate you, and we thank you for helping us spread Jesus to a hurting world. God bless you all.